1: our guys have been really good you know we got a good group of high character young men on this team um they realize that we have to get better they realize that you know we we just got to keep cleaning up things again we really realize that we're hurting ourselves so again them guys know that we've got to clean up some things to give ourselves a chance and they've been coming to practice working extremely hard to do that because they know if we clean those things up we're going to give ourselves a chance Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that's Tony Stubblefield talking about the struggles of the Blue Demons. And he's not around to talk about that anymore. Tony Stubblefield was fired. And we're delighted to welcome in Brian Hamilton, who writes Colleges for the Athletic. Did a great job with this story. and And Brian, you know, awful early in the season to... Go ahead and make a move, but I mean, good God, why not? It's not like anything's going uh well for DePaul and um and now Tony Stubblefield is out. Good morning to you. How you doing, man?
2: I'm I'm good. I'm better than Tony Stubblefield today. So I guess it's just <laughs> start. Yeah, <you're> employed. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean look, it, 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 i I think it's a little more complicated than people like to think to make a a coaching change at a college job, midstream, you you talk to administrators and uh, you want to at least pay lip service to making sure that you're not upending the experience of of the athletes on the team and and really pulling the rug out from under them, giving them months of uncertainty. But at a certain point, which where DePaul is and, and was, it's just a bad experience for everybody based on the results. Um, and, I, and maybe giving clarity on the future takes a little bit of the weight off. I still don't know that DePaul is going to win a game in the Big East for the rest of the season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some team kind of sleepwalks in the trust Arena and gets caught. But at least now the, 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 the players aren't, you know, if they were wondering what was going to happen to their head coach, if they cared, now they, they have the, the clarity to move forward, um, but there, there's no question. I mean, i, I got to be honest with you guys. The reason we were able to kind of put together a, you know, job evaluation and coach search list was because I was working on it back in November and December. <laughs> <laughs> <You're planning laughs> that, and this was not, this was <laughs> not anything that caught anybody by surprise.
3: You've seen it before as well, because you look at the Paul and the tradition is, is dying. If not dead, you have no NCAA tournament bids in the last 20 years, only three winning seasons in that span. And yet, Brian, I think that you know the industry and you know the, the kind of personality that these coaches have. They'll look at it, okay, Big East, Chicago, NIL market. They got a $60 million practice facility. They play at WinTrust Arena, even though they're, they're drawing flies this year. They're going to look at it and say, yeah, we can win there. Do you think some the right coach can win here?
2: I think – There will be interest. I mean, I heard from a coach who's a proven winner at the mid-major level yesterday who said, I would absolutely take that job. And I mean, there are guys out there who have won, who have long track records of success, who absolutely would be interested in a Big East job in a major city with a brand new arena, with a new practice facility coming I think Dwayne Peavy and DePaul just need to be discerning and understand where the program is at. This isn't about making a splash. This isn't about, you know, bringing in a personality that captivates Chicago. We all know that's not going to happen in this market. This is about finding somebody who can give you an infrastructure of success, who knows what it looks like, to win and be competitive. Guys, we woke up this morning. DePaul is ranked 294th in the country out of 362 teams on (sighs) KenPom.com. Like it's, they're not even close to as good as Cal state Bakersfield. You're not painting walls. You're not changing out light fixtures. You need to address the bones of the program and find somebody who will grind and work to make you competitive. The goal isn't winning the big East right now. The goal is being simply competitive find that guy, find that guy who knows how to win with less over time.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I, I get it. I understand what they need to do and I understand they're in the big East and that will attract some people, but they have not been relevant in the big East in a long time. And when you think about the idea of, you know, kind of doormat of the big East, I don't know how great that job is. I mean, I think there are definitely people that look at the money and the location and all that stuff, but it's going to take a while. Why did – let's start with why didn't it work with Stubblefield? What what was the mistake there? High-level recruiter, not necessarily coach?
2: Yes, that is essentially it. Uh, I mean, you have to understand – first and foremost in this league, and this is from talking to people around the big East before this happened again, like early in the season, what does DePaul need? You have to have a basketball coach, a really, really, really good basketball coach on your sideline in this league. Look, look around Shaka smart, Sean Miller, Rick Pitino, Ed Cooley. It goes Greg McDermott. It goes on. You have to have a guy who's capable of matching up with those guys strategically X's and O's wise, of course you need good players. Of course you need high level guys in order to execute at a level to where you are competitive with those guys. That's what your assistant coaches can be for. That's what your excellent recruiters that you pay high assistant coach salaries can be for. Tony Stubblefield had a reputation of being a guy who could get talent. I'm not sure he really succeeded on that end, let alone anything else but that was his reputation. I'm going to bring in guys. I'm going to get dudes. I have the connections to do that. He did not prove to be a very good basketball coach as a head coach. You need to find a guy who could compete with the smarts, the coolies, the McDermott's, the Sean Miller's the Thad Mata's on a X's and O's pro functional basketball program on the floor level. First and foremost, if you don't have that, you're not going to win in this league.
3: So the list is an interesting one that you put together. There's some other names as well. If they're looking for the kind of splash name hire, you got guys like Richard Patino, Tom Crane, Bryce Drew. The alum factor comes in with Rashawn Burnow at Northern Illinois, although his record isn't that good. But, Not Brian, good. No. I, I, I think that you come to a conclusion that I, I think makes a lot of sense in that a lot of these ma- mid-major guys whose names maybe aren't recognizable – but our program builders, guys like Mark Byington and James Madison, Rob Sanderoff at Kent State, that's the kind of profile that Dwayne Peavy needs to identify. It may not make a big splash, but it's not real splashy to be a grinder, and that's what DePaul really needs.
2: Yeah, I mean, the help those guys provide is, again, establishing an infrastructure for success. They know what it looks like to be competitive and to win. That's what you need. I saw there was a report yesterday from Jeff Goodman that said, you know, DePaul had a bunch of money and they were going to try to throw it at a, you know, a sitting high major coach. There's no high major coach who's in a good situation, a, a positive, successful, healthy situation who's leaving for DePaul. That, that, is, a, that is not the tack you want to take. You, that is a aim for a splash, and I get the PR spin coming out of the DePaul side of things on that. But if you go after that guy, you're not going to get him. And then if you're going to hire a high major guy, it's a guy who's uncomfortable in a situation, unhappy, running away from a bad administration, fans who want to run out of town. And that gets you Oliver Purnell, which DePaul doesn't <laughs> want to do again. So, yeah, go with the guy who knows how to win, who has a long track record. of success. It might not move the needle right away, but you know what will move the needle when you actually win games. Would you actually put a competitive product on the floor at Wintrust Arena?
1: Oh man, I gotta tell you. I mean, DePaul used to be so good and used to mean so much to people, and I think that um, now you're at a point where you're trying to figure out um, how you get even a mid-major code. I mean, how who who would want to come here and think they can? I you you know okay. Mark Few has been looking for, why don't you get him? The guy from St. Mary's, you know, he's a hell of a coach. He's only been there like 25 years. I I just don't know how you go to one. You know, Shaka Smart at, uh, at Marquette, how do you get a guy like that that can step in and just turn your program on a dime?
2: I don't know that you do. I think you need a dirt under the fingernails guy. Uh, I think you need a guy who understands that you are going to have to start from the absolute bottom in terms of and I hate to use the word culture because that's whatever, but in terms of culture, in terms of the attitude around the program, in terms of how people operate, in terms of what resources you have, in terms of the expectations, not only for your staff, your players, but for everybody in the department. I mean, this the ball have a football program. The basketball program has to sort of drive the you know dynamic, in the athletics department, you need a guy who's going to be able to grind with that. I- I'm telling you, there are a lot of mid-major coaches, successful mid-major coaches, who absolutely, positively would take the DePaul job because it's in the Big East. It is simply a power conference job, and there mm-hmm. aren't all that many of those. There are only a few of those. So if you're lo- if you're sitting somewhere in the MAC, the WAC, and you're just sort of bussing places and, you, and you're struggling to kind of scrape together the resources, but you're winning, you look at DePaul as a really good opportunity. You look at DePaul as a step up. It's a blank slate. You come in, you get paid a decent amount, you live in a great city, you play in a great league, and you get a chance to really to take a swing at, w- with the big boys and shape the program any way you want. It.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: In case we haven't met, I'm
3: Dino Colombo. I represent people hurt by a truck. It's what we do every day. Navigating the law can be tough, but we're tougher. Let us handle the fight. Hurt by a truck? Call Colombo Law. Curious why this name wasn't on your list, Brian, because it just creates a lot of conversation locally and maybe it's too provincial to look at it. But Drew Valentine is having a very good year at Loyola, known as a very good recruiter. And just in terms of salary, one would think that a Big East coach could pay or would make more than he's making at Loyola Was that an intentional omission? Do you think he's not ready yet? What do you think about that possibility? Probably
2: more unintentional. Just kind of forgot about Drew down the street. But um, he would make sense. I wonder, I do think there has to be a proven commodity level to this. And is Drew ready? Has he proven enough at Loyola over time? to be the bet you make. Um, obviously, the upside is there. Obviously, the energy is there. Obviously, the knowledge of the area, um, the knowledge of what it takes to win after working for Porter Mosier. Um, all that stuff is there. If you're asking, the only question I guess I would have is, okay, what's the, 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 the track record of success over time? are you willing to take a gamble with a guy who's a couple of years removed from being a high level assistant, or do you want to go with a guy who's won 60, 70, 80% of his games over many, many years at a, at a mid major level. That's, that's a call, I guess, you know, Dwayne Peavy and DePaul would have to make um, probably should have put drew on the list. Now that I think about it, now that you remind me next time, I'll call you, David, you can make sure that I get the, <laughs> on the list for the job, but um yeah, I mean I think the only thing that would be the hang up there is look, he hasn't done it for as long as a lot of other mid-major guys have. Are right. you taking that big a swing? There's there's no question that what DePaul could pay and offer would surpass what he has at Loyola. Um but, you know, do you take on the challenge of coaching DePaul in the Big East versus coaching Loyola in the A10? I mean, it, it's sort of a call Drew would have to make himself.
1: Would Bryce Drew be interested in leaving um Grand Canyon, he's doing well there. Um, the guy from Princeton, I, I mean, I watch a lot of. I watched a lot of Missouri Valley. Um, Devries from Drake, the guy from Indiana State. Um, shirts, I mean, there's there's a lot of good mid major coaches that probably um, would do better yeah. than the Paul's been doing, frankly.
2: Uh, I mean, and there's no, there's no doubt. I mean, some of those guys that you could put on that list, you'd ask around. You'd say, oh, yeah, that is a major improvement from what DePaul has had right now. And, I mean, there are now when you get to that level, now you're starting to split hairs. Does Darren DeVries wait for something better? You know, he's got a pretty good situation at Drake. He's got, I think, like a 10-year contract or something like that. He's getting paid pretty well for coaches in the Valley, works in Des Moines. What, What do these guys individually want? You mentioned Bryce Drew. I've been to Grand Canyon. Yeah. I've seen the facilities and the arena they have there. It's high level for that. But you're also coaching in the WAC. You're coaching yeah. in the league that's not, you know, on anybody's radar really regularly. Does he, does he want to have another crack at it? I think a lot of injury bad luck came into play at Vanderbilt. He had, got, he had Darius Garland at Vanderbilt and was, also, and was set up to win, but Darius Garland got hurt. So he had a lot of bad luck there. Does he want another swing at it? It's all going to come down the conversations you have with these guys, agents, with the people around them, the guys themselves. What do you want? Where are you comfortable? Do are, do these guys want to take anything first swing? Or are they waiting for maybe a top three, four job in a league, given the comfort level of where they are?
1: Does Devries have any more sons?
2: That's <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Best recruiting job was done in his own house. Yeah, um, <laughs> it'd be interesting. I mean, hey, if you could, could you get, could you get a uh, Darren and Tucker? combo package to come to Chicago for a year that that wouldn't be a bad deal.
3: So Brian, when you talk about the next coach, I think you're talking about the commitment level of the university to how important is basketball at Depaul anymore. And I think when you look around the Big East, you know Shaka Smart has a 3 million dollar contract uh and salary at Marquette. You look at what Georgetown did to get Ed Cooley there. I think that's upwards north of 5. I don't know where DePaul will go salary-wise. I do know they're paying two years of Tony Stubblefield to go away, so you have to factor that in as well. What is your best estimate, and do you agree that before they arrive at who they're going to interview, they have to understand or come to a conclusion about how much they're going to pay and what they want to get out of basketball at the university?
2: Yeah, if it's not PR spin um, and, and and they really want to take a swing at some big names then you're starting at three or four million dollars a year right like that's sort of you might be able to get, come back to another guy for two two and a half more but if you want to get a really really good coach you're gonna to have to pay a lot of money at mm-hmm. this point um so if if it's not just spin apparently depaul is willing to go to go that far again i don't personally think you need to hit that number right away to get the guy that's going to help you win right now. I don't think they have to go that high. Um, I don't think they have to overspend for a guy who's maybe running away from something as opposed to somebody who is running towards DePaul. But yeah, if you're going to be competitive at this level, put it this way, if you hire the right guy and he wins, you're probably going to wind up paying him three or four million dollars a year to keep him if you really want to. So that's the that's sort of the commitment level Short term, long term, whatever you want to call it, that's where you're going to be at if you're DePaul, if you're serious about winning.
1: Is is Dwayne Peavy going to be in trouble if he doesn't get this one right?
2: I would think so. I I don't, I don't know how many I, I like Dwayne. He's an energetic guy. He's yeah. got a great vision. He's he's super positive. I, I think it's a big deal that almost from the jump he had the the wheels moving on the practice facility that they want to build in Lincoln Park, right across the street. I think that's extremely important in the fact that he essentially got that done, even though maybe there aren't like shovels in the ground yet. Um, that's huge. And, you know, fundraising, all that stuff, facilities, the success of other programs, all that factors into any athletics director's job. But like in football at big schools, I'm not sure how many strikes you get. Um, you have to make, this is going to be a critical one for him to get right. Or people are going to be wondering, OK, is he the guy who's able to make the right decisions in terms of leadership? We know we can get stuff done facilities-wise and resource-wise and energy-wise. Is he the right guy to make the choice in terms of leadership, given how badly the Stubblefield decision worked out in the end? He's, I, I don't know that he would lose his job if the next guy is just as bad, but I wouldn't be real comfortable He's got, he's got a very very important decision to make on a bunch of levels right now.
1: Brian, thanks to Tom. We appreciate your time. Good Reading you in the effect.
2: anytime, guys. Yep. Thank, thank, thank you, you.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?